What's up guys, Mitch from RespectMyRegion.com coming to you live again from MJ Unpacked in Las Vegas. Final day of Weed Week. I am joined today by my friend Guillermo Bravo, Chief Evangelist at Media Gel. How you living, man? I'm living great. Nice to see you, Mitch. Yes, so first off, I gotta ask, what's Chief Evangelist, man? Let the people know. Oh, that's, uh, I really just spreading the word of what we're doing, uh, media facing, you know, creating content, doing podcasts, trying to educate the industry on the marketing side, elevate, uh, elevate the, the industry in regards to marketing, technology, advertising, anything under that umbrella. Yeah, and, and that's interesting is everyone needs some of that. And I know you have a good team. You just mentioned Eduardo right before this. I know yeah. he's much more the sales guy. And yeah. I know he's just, you have a conversation with him. You feel like he's born to do it. So how <laughs> important for you guys has it been having a team with people that really own, take ownership of specific roles? Oh, it's key. I mean, we've been, we've, we came to MJ BizCon unpacked with 16 people. So, you know, we were spread across all different sectors. We have, you know, our CEO really focusing on finance. We have our sales guys, you know, hitting the, the booths and the sales, um, you know, trying to generate leads. Uh, I'm out here, you know, I threw my party on Tuesday. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to bring people together, connect people. Uh, so I've been doing that uh, all week. And, you know, everyone in our team is, is talking to the right people at the right places and it's strategic. So we have the right specific people here at MJ Impact because we know it's going to be C-level execs, it's going to be brands, retailers, and at MJ BizCon, it's a little more general. So, you know, we have a different team there that's talking more of, uh, you know, layman's terms on what we're doing because mm -hmm. it can be anyone from any part of the sector that's in the space. So. Uh, it's it's nice and uh, you know it's great to have the support and we we support each other. Uh, you know we have our group chat on on uh, on on, our, on uh, WhatsApp and yep. we're just making sure that people are in the right place at the right time. You know we really like broke up our schedules and make sure it was very strategic based on even like, based on the speakers. You know yep. who's speaking at the what time and what type of people are going to be at those speaking engagements. So piggybacking on what's already set up here. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, with your guys' event, I attended, um, I love the more, you know, it's like a sweet event, so it's a little more intimate where you yeah. could really meet people, network, introduce people to one another. That's definitely my speed of events, but I just want to ask the thought process that goes into throwing that the night before, as opposed to, you know, Thursday, last night, Thursday was the, the Fairchild event, which nobody seemed to want to compete with because there was no other <laughs> events, and so then Wednesday there was like, 14 events yeah so what how strategic were you in thinking like I'm gonna do this at the right time and while people are like fresh yeah you know and not drawn out what what, what kind of went into planning on that night well I learned from Hall of Flowers so we did an event at Hall of Flowers on the last day and people are already flying out by then or they were tired uh, so you know it's it still had a great turnout but it's not gonna be as effective as like, you know, fresh eyes, fresh legs, MJ BizCon, we know it's a marathon. Mm -hmm. uh, so people are getting right off, you know, landing in Vegas, taking a shower, they need to get some food, they wanna start networking, boom, we're, we're here to kind of fill that, fill that gap. And uh, yeah, the, the crowd was great. The, uh, you know, music was smooth, you had the, the drinks flowing, mm -hmm. you got the food, everything, just trying to make it yeah, you know, low key. We don't need uh, nightclub music blasting in right, there. Right. Like, it, I had the music at a certain tempo, so you can actually have a conversation. Like, we're 
we're here to, to connect with people, right? So uh, that's, you know, that was my mentality behind it. And we're going to do the same thing at Hall of Flowers in Palm Springs, throw it on the first day uh, before, you know, while people are actually there. Yeah. You know, so it's. Yeah, and so what, what goes into, obviously, your role is to be a master networker. What, yeah. are, what are a couple tips that you could give people out there to take advantage of because we're at a conference or a trade show? Yeah. What, are, what are some of the tips that you have for people to really maximize their experience at, at yeah. an event like this? I mean, you saw the post on LinkedIn. You got to have your QR code, contact card, and it's saved as your background on your phone. This way, you know, you... You meet someone, you figure out kind of what they're doing. Uh, if it's relevant to you, you know, share that, share your contact, swap, swap information. If they're not, uh, a tip is uh, find someone that you know and hand the person off <laughs> <laughs> quickly, like so you can meet people faster. So if they're not, uh, you know, someone that you really want to talk to for a half an hour, you know, respectfully introduce them to someone else and then move on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that's been really effective. Uh, I mean, it's a simple thing when you're meeting someone, but smile, shake right. their hand, look them in the eyes, kind of basic etiquette, right? A lot of people don't do it, right? 100%. surprisingly. So uh, doing that uh, and just ask questions and listen, like actually be curious, respond, uh, dig in to kind of what they're doing, learn more, like, you know, ask more advanced questions. People like to talk about their passion, right? right. Like this is their passion. Cannabis is a lot of the attendees' passions here, so they can talk for hours on it. And whether it's on the cultivation side, or it's on the marketing side, or it's on the content creation side, like everyone, uh, you know, really wants to share their message, right? Mm -hmm. So ask the right questions, listen, and uh, yeah, just don't take over. Don't don't take the mic over. Right, right. <laughs> no, and that's that's great because I was talking to someone this morning at breakfast. And you know, what do you do? I run a can. I just said cannabis publication. I usually say music and cannabis. For whatever reason, I just said cannabis. He's like, oh, I run an extraction company. I did, we do hemp, and so I'm kind of like, that's not really my main focus. But he's still a great guy. I got his contact, and then I overhear him talking to the guy next to me, and he said, oh, I do music or something. And the guy's like, oh, I'm like a board member for this company and this company. Yeah. I was like. Man, if I would have just invested in that conversation more, I would have got to the music side, yeah. where I was like, I was a little bit less relevant at the start of the combo, yeah. and then it broke into like, oh wow, like that's somebody I really want to know. Good, yeah. good thing I had his uh, card and I wrote, I wrote myself a note, yeah. more, more information, but it's just truth in point that, you know, listen, talk to people, listen, and you can't discredit someone right out the gate. Maybe they need to open up, or maybe the con you know, a, a, a something that you guys intersect on hasn't came out in the conversation. Just yeah, yet. you have to ask the right questions, right? Yeah. And, and you might not know what those are. Right. <laughs> That's the thing. So, uh, just, yeah, just do your best. Absolutely, absolutely. So I know we talked about it a little bit, but how has MJ Impact been? What, what's your experience here? How do, you, how do you like the event so far? For us, it's been our relevant clientele. Like we want to reach brands, retailers, delivery services, and at MJ BizCon, it's, it's kind of everyone is there, right? So uh, the contacts that we're making here are just way more relevant. It's more intimate here. Uh, they have the ability, like we, we can scan uh, someone we want to talk to, like a brand, schedule a meeting with them, sit down, and it's, MJ BizCon, they don't really make it that easy to, to mm -hmm. do something like that. So I, I hear that uh, South by Southwest is the same thing. Uh, so it's just, um, it's a easier, 
I guess, less stressful way of connecting with people. There's, uh, the food's great. It's not loud. It's not overcrowded. They have meeting areas. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's, it's been, it's been nice. And our team, like giving me feedback of, you know, they said that they've, been, they've met high quality people here yeah. like, that we will actually work with. And, you know, you know, they have the gong here for a reason. Like we're here to do business, right? We're here to close deals. Uh, so it's a little different approach than MJ BizCon where it's really just brand awareness there. Right, So. right, yeah. right. And a lot of the crowd, you know, a lot of people at MJ BizCon are trying to get into the industry, right? right? And for us that are in the industry that are looking for that type of thing, right. you know, it's back to what we're talking about. You'll meet some people and quickly identify for better, for worse, you know, great to meet you, but I got to maximize my time here and <laughs> yeah. I got to go talk to someone that yep. has a little more value. So Media Gel is a relatively new formation of something yeah. you have been doing for a while in the digital space, but could you give me a little bit of the breakdown of Media Gel and how it came back or how it came about, sorry. Yeah, so I actually started foot traffic about six years ago. Uh, and that was focused on, you know, uh, organic search, paid search, and then we added programmatic advertising to that. Uh, and that was a marketing agency. I always had it in my vision that I needed to uh, create a software platform and have some you know, intellectual property that uh, you know would be valuable for you know investors, right? So mm -hmm. valuation purposes, it's there's a big difference between a marketing agency and a software company. Uh, you know, market agencies maybe three or four times uh, annual revenue, and software can be ten to fifty times yeah. annual revenue or more. You know, especially like looking at the Dutch evaluation based on their revenue. Like it's, I don't know what the factor is, but I know it's high. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. and all the other software programs are kind of fall in the same suit. So, so I grew that, and uh, we were working with MediaGel for about a year prior. Uh, and we decided to merge in July of this year. So what that means for us is that we have the software and programmatic advertising network and the ability to monetize publishers. And uh, we have revenue attribution so they can track you know, how e-commerce sales from advertising campaigns. And it's all automatic in a dashboard. We didn't have that with foot traffic. So now we have the ability to run these campaigns and then provide full transparency into, into everything that goes into the customer journey to support a sale. So if you log into our dashboard, you know, it's, we're essentially a marketing cloud for cannabis retailers, delivery services, brands, and we want to connect uh, you know, those brands to consumers. So mm -hmm. you log in there, you run a campaign, uh, Let's say you're spending $1,000 and we want to drive uh, online sales and store foot traffic for you know, within a five mile radius of our brick and mortar location. You know, we can draw a fence around that, do a radius targeting, we can pin drop your competitors, uh, we can uh, show them ads, they'll be on your mobile phone, or it can be display ads, it can be video ads, podcasts, sponsorships, everything. And then we can tell you you know, how much money you made from that $1,000 investment. So you, you know like concrete data of like, all right, I put $1,000 in, I got $10,000 back, cool. Can I up, up my budget? I wanna get more customers. And all this is transparent and you have access to all the data. You can download it, use it however you see fit. So it's really powerful and we've been 
you know, we're, we're really excited about, uh, you know, helping uh, some, some groups like Last, Last Prisoner Project, uh, 40 Tons, and, and really showcasing, you know, what they're doing to really uh, uplift the industry. So. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. From a, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a nerd for business, so I get, you know, the software is better than, than the agency is a business model, scalable business model, but also what, you know, a lot of what's coming out of your mouth is like servicing the client, the ability yeah. to service clients, the ability to provide higher level data and tracking. And so what is the importance of data? I mean, data in any consumer business, but especially the, the cannabis business, what is the importance around data? Yeah, it's, uh, the number one, you need to have your tracking in place so you can collect the data in the first place. And this, there's so many different uh, data points. So let's just think about if you're, you know, trying to reach consumers. First thing you do is create their avatar. Like, you know, here's the age groups. This is how much money they make. This is where they shop. Do they go to yoga studios, Whole Foods, or, you know? Like what, what do they do on a regular basis? That's the first thing. And you can add that to the targeting. So you have that as like your first phase. Uh, and then when you, you know, if you're a brand and you want longevity for your brand, you want loyalty from your customers, you have to collect their information so you can contact them. Like yeah. you need their email, phone number, social accounts and you need to, to share your message with them and you need to do that on a regular basis with content, with uh, incentives, with uh, you know, exclusive strain drops, uh, you know, anything. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, I think uh, you know, data is more valuable than oil now. Right. It's surpassed that with Facebook and you know, all these, Amazon, all, you know, there's a reason they're harvesting all this data, right? So they. You gather all the data and then you can make business decisions based on that intelligence that you gain from the data. So it's like first thing you gotta collect it, whether it's through your website, point of sale system, uh, CRM, vendor days, whatever it is, collect the data, process it, and then you know, spot trends. You know, it's uh, right now obviously uh, edibles are picking up steam, uh, drinkable products are picking up steam and it's you have to see, you know, for example, on the data point, uh, sales are increasing, I don't know, 100% year over year for drinks. Okay, I need to focus some more money in pushing these products, mm -hmm. or I need to source, you know, new brands for this category, right? So it's, uh, it can make a huge impact on your business and you should, you know, really leverage it. And I know like uh, retailers that know how to use their data they don't have to spend as much money to get new customers because they right. keep their customers and keep them happy. And it's just, it's extremely powerful. And you know, uh, one thing in regards to data is make sure that you own your data. That's a key thing. So, you know, I know that uh, this company right here in the booth, Ginger, they have a interesting platform where they're providing a direct to consumer platform for brands and then allowing them to own the customer data and own uh, all the messaging and everything. So, you know, it's a little different than a marketplace where you, you're going to, let's say, a, a Weed Maps or Leafly, and you're going to shop for a brand, you get distracted, you start to buy something else. So this is very, like, focused, and you, you have the ability just to grow your, 
customer base. So and I yeah, because yeah, I mean for that it's like you control the supply chain and yeah. you can control the messaging around your products, which yeah. is it's a tough task to take because yes. it's a lot of work. But yeah. it's it's a great thing. But even if brands don't go that far, the 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 narrative around ownership of data and even platforms, right? Because yeah. this industry is so reliant on Instagram. Yeah. You know, I can't even tell you how many people I meet and what you know, they go, what's your Instagram? I go to my website and they go, well, you don't have an Instagram? I'm like, yeah, but whatever handle I tell you today could be gone tomorrow. Yeah. So go yeah. to my website yeah. where I, we post, you know, yeah. all the good content yeah. and you know, Instagram's not gonna delete my website. No, and you bring up a good point. I mean, uh, I always say that social media is kind of double-edged sword. Like, uh, they don't care about you. They don't care about your business, right? Like, I mean, uh, for cannabis specifically, uh, Instagram and Facebook have been not in our favor. Uh, but like, LinkedIn's pretty flexible. They've been they've been fine with me posting pretty, uh, you know, cultured stuff. So mm -hmm. like, cannabis on you know, on pictures. As long as you don't sell. You know, their, their policy says, uh, do not promote the sale or distribution of illegal drugs and cannabis is still federally legal. So, you know, we're kind of, we have our hands tied. Mm -hmm. And then you have brands. I've, I remember working with social media campaigns on for different retailers. They, they spend 50 grand building this thing up. Content, followers, engagement the people they're paying to actually manage the account. Right. Like it's a lot of money. And if you put 50 grand, uh, instead of in social media, put that in, let's say, a programmatic advertising channel, uh, it's, you know, 50 grand can make you 200 grand that's trackable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In social media, I don't see it as a real revenue driver. It's a brand awareness top funnel. Sure. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just getting brand awareness for your brand, but it's, you're not going to get that much sales from it. And if you try to get sales from it, then they're going to shut you down. <laughs> so, so it's really, you know, it's, you have to be conservative with everything you do. And, you know, in the end, you might get shut down anyways. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, and I can, I can attest, I know the rules and I, you know, we lose yeah. our page off, you know, even look at, you know, Top Tree lost their account over a million followers. And they, they got it they, back. They got, they did get it back. Yeah. I saw that, but they lost it for a week or two. I mean, and we've all experienced that. And there's a, some point in those two weeks, they might have been stressing, like, what if it doesn't oh, they come were. back? Because I, I, I know that feeling very much. But, you know, you look at, like, Steezy, for example, and clearly Instagram was super beneficial to building their business. Yeah. So, it, like, it's the double-edged sword. It really helped them, but that doesn't mean it's going to help everyone. But they yeah. also lost a private profile with half a million followers that I believe they spend over a million dollars every year on salary just for people to run the page yeah. you know and so how much it catapulted to their business maybe it was worth it but they lost that asset that was yeah. a, a seven-figure investment yeah and there's some people who are doing it right I mean uh, Jungle Boys always always crushed it I yeah. mean they, they I think that is a driver for their business like right because they have all the you know weed porn on there they have all their fan fan base on there and it's their cult following right so same thing with cookies too like, yeah there's some brands that just crush it yeah, and they know how to leverage it, and they actually know how to. There's ways that you could convert social media followers to customers, and a lot of that is through. Uh, you can do QR code opt-in, opt-ins. You can do a swipe up campaign to a landing page. Like you have to get to 10,000 followers first. Sure. But you can 
transition them from uh, just a follower and activate them to, to actually give you their information and then you know, guide them to make a purchase. And it just takes some time and takes some creativity. Uh, you know, they typically don't monitor as much of like your entire, like no one's watching your entire video. So if you drop some, some hints in the video of like where they can find you and that type of thing, like it's a little more, uh, it's a little more passive. Yeah. So you're, you, you can do that. You can do like a text to opt in. So you can do a, an, Im, uh, an image on your stories, like text this number to, to, to get this drop or to, to RSVP to this event, yep. whatever it is, get their information, put them in your funnel, get them to come to the store. Yeah, so there's a lot of ways you can get around it, but it's still like you, but you don't own it. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. And you know, you mentioned like Jungle Boys, who's you know, obviously done a great job. You know, Seven Ten Labs talking to Brad there. You know, his Instagram's yeah. the best marketing thing that's ever happened to his business. But I also know clients who try to model exactly off of those people and can't seem to break out of yeah. two thousand followers before yeah. their page is deleted. You know. Yeah, you gotta, I mean, that's one thing that I don't think exists in this industry right now is there's no social media influencer platform, like a marketplace where you can just go and I wanna, you know, I wanna distribute my brand and have people repost it to 100, 200 influencers, like maybe like micro influencers. They don't need to be Tommy Chung or, you know, like these right. big multi-million follower accounts. They can just be you and I, 10,000 followers, 20,000 followers, right. and it's gonna have the same impact instead of having one $2 million, two million uh, paid follower page, or you have 120,000 yeah. pages. And I think you'll have a bigger impact with the smaller Absol Absolutely, yeah. it's, it's a little <laughs> bit more work, but you know, it, it's, it's definitely, I know, it's definitely worth it. And you know, getting away from Instagram is a great place. And for you guys operating in the digital space of cannabis, that's clearly one of the biggest pain yeah. points from this industry. Yeah. What do you feel like are the hurdles of people getting to digital? Is it just their bad experiences with social? Is it like, what, what do you feel like are some of the, the common hurdles that people come to you with? Uh, they don't know you can do it. That's the first thing. So. You know, they get turned off by social and they think Google and these other platforms aren't friendly. So they, you know, SEO is one thing that you can do and no one can shut you down. Yep. It's organic, you invest in it, it's like, a, it's like a home, right? It's like real estate, you're building your foundation, you're building that content, that authority and that trust with Google. That's never gonna go away if you do it right. Uh, and if you're, you know, the biggest thing is, yeah, like I said, they don't know that it, you can do it and they don't know the tools available. I'm seeing, I'm seeing this change in this though. So there's a lot, a lot more people coming from outside the space that know marketing and know the value of it. So uh, that's the first thing. And it's, you know, I really taken the liberty to, to educate people. Like we, we launched a webinar series starting last year and we're doing, we did uh, you know 30 minute webinars every week for the last year and a half. And it was for that reason. Like people need to know the basics of marketing and tracking and the purpose of it and actually the return of this. Like people, you know, it's nice they can do billboards and, and weed maps and whatnot. And, it's, and I think a reason for this is you know, there's a lot of commercial real estate guys coming into the cannabis space 
And that's what they're comfortable with is billboards, direct mailers, traditional advertising channels just because they don't know digital. So it's just uh, depending on, you know, th there's a ton of, I hear this day in, day, day out, like it's commercial real estate guys coming in, open up shop, you know, they want to flip it in three years and that's another challenge. Is sure. That they're just here to flip it. They don't really care about the long-term five-year, 10-year plan. They're like, I just want to in and out. Yep. They're not in the game long-term. So that's another challenge. Uh, and yeah, I think it's evolving fast. I remember when I started five, six years ago, no one really knew what they can do in marketing. It was very, like there was no content out there about marketing at all. Like it was far in, in between. So I just did it myself. I was like, I gotta get this out there, get the message out there. And uh, you know, people, people responded to it and you know, I got good feedback and I just, you know, right now, looking for innovative topics to talk about, you know, for webinars, podcasts, um, looking at trends, whether it's marketing, whether it's product, regional, uh, you know, diversity, all these different things that are hot right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what, how's it gonna change? Like this, is, this never ends. Like it's, it's always gonna evolve. Cannabis is not gonna be the same in five years. It'll be completely different, you know, industry out to some extent we go federal legal all the big guys are going to come in and start swallowing things up and it's going to be more of a more of a traditional you know consumer cpg market like everything yeah. else just like alcohol you know it's going to be the same yeah so, and it's you know there's the upsides downsides of that you know hopefully that the smaller smaller groups have you know can make a a big splash and they can either retain their brand or, or sell it whatever they want to do but it's it's changing and you can see MJ Biscon this year versus six years ago right. it's like not even right. Right. I mean it's probably five ten times bigger yeah yeah <laughs> and people are coming from and that's another thing it's international now it's like, you know you got the United States you got Canada you got Mexico you got up, you know, Europe's coming yep soon South America it's it's coming fast, and I don't I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know when it's going to be federally legal, but you know, two years to six years range will probably yep. be there. So if you're trying to get market share, you got better like do it now. Like the next two years, that's all you got. Yeah, because then be someone else is going to come in. <laughs> than it'll ever be in the future. Yeah, it's not. It's it's tough. So you got to just head down, stay focused, get it done, grow your business. And if there's a right opportunity for a you know, partnership, merger, acquisition, uh, whatever it is that's, you know, if there's, a, if there's synergy between the two companies, you're gonna have to team up because it's, you know, there's gonna become a, a heavy, you know, big wallets are coming in. So yeah. <laughs> they yeah. already are, yeah. so. Yeah, but I mean, even bigger, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's getting, it's getting aggressive now. <laughs> and so, you know, with speaking of, you know, federal legalization is looming. It's it's not if, it's when at this point. Yeah. Um, it's going to change the game. I know a lot of people think once it becomes legal, Facebook and Instagram will let us advertise like everything else. You know, I personally think it's going to be more regulation. Hopefully they draw a clear line in the sand because I think that's what's missing. But where do you see the future of just marketing around cannabis over, you know, as federal legalization yeah. comes or just whether it's based around regulation or just based on what works, what do you kind of see the future of it moving towards? Uh, well, it's already started. It's experiential marketing. It's huge. You know, uh, outside lands, they, 
I think it was Ease that had a, a whole section there that you could purchase cannabis at a, you know, at a music festival. And I think Coachella is doing something similar. Mm. So that's one is, uh, you know, activating brands uh, through exper experiential marketing. I don't think Facebook or Instagram are ever going to open it up to cannabis, to be honest. Uh, they don't, I don't see alcohol advertising on there. Right. I don't see uh, tobacco, you know, any of the industries. Yeah. Right. So I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Uh, and that's why, you know, we found our foothold in the industry is like, you can't advertise on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Well, you can advertise on all these other places. Right. Like programmatic advertising. Like, okay, you can do Rolling Stones. You can do, you want to be on Wired. You want to be on Entrepreneur. You can, you can uh, place your brand a lot, you know, next to these brands and, you know, elevate yours. Right. So it's, uh, that's going to come into play. I think uh, media is huge right now. Podcast, video is huge. Organic, organic content, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, you know, people are going to be doubling, doubling down on that. I think connected TV, streaming video is going to be another one. Like, we're already doing this, but, you know, you can do a, like a 15, 30 second video. You're streaming a channel on Roku. Boom, cannabis ad pops up. I want to buy some free pre rolls to get delivered to your home, scan this QR code. Like it's a, it's a no brainer, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to pick up some steam. Uh, I've really seen the delivery services are just taking chunks yeah. of the retailers. Like they're taking a lot of market share. So I think that part of the sector is just going to grow. People are, people have been trained to, to get deliveries at home now. COVID expedited all that process. Uh, everyone's getting food delivered at home. They're getting, you know, like, once you want to, you want to order food and, you know, when it's federally legal, probably one day you'll be able to order like Uber Eats and you'll get your, uh, you know, you get your, your, your burger and your fries and in that same order you'll get weed. You know? <laughs> and it's like, you don't want to have to go to a dispensary, buy weed, come home, then go buy food, come yeah. back. Like it's a whole thing. Like I just, you know, I want to get high and I want to, I want to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> making it easy. Uh, yeah, delivery services are gonna. I mean, they're already flourishing. Yeah, like, we're seeing like the Ease and Muse. Like everyone's doing delivery, and it's just it's just gaining market share. Like it's it's growing fast, and I think the state regulators are recognizing it. And you know, it's it's not just for sales and revenue and so on, but it's also for patients, right? Mm -hmm. So making it accessible to patients. Uh, some people can't. Right. leave their home so you know you need to make it easy and I know some medical programs during COVID did uh, modify the regulations to allow kind of like membership deliveries in medical markets so you know they you know there's the they, they felt it they wanted to help the patients they know they couldn't move and uh, people didn't want to travel during COVID so it's like Keep, as, keep distance as much as possible, and these patients are really vulnerable. They have pre-existing conditions, so they can't put, they can't risk uh, even going to dispensary sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with with the challenges, a little bit switching topics, a little back yeah, to, but with um, the challenges around social media, and we're talking, you know, you and I are both, I think, in agreement of social media will not be what so many people in this space like 
not, I don't even think they hope it to be. I think they like think it's going to be. Yeah. But I also commonly hear, we need to make a social media channel for, you know, for cannabis. And I, you know, my take on that, you know, social TV, our social club TV came out with the app originally and Burner was even backing it. It did not do very well. I know they had some other issues that potentially stunted the growth. They're back and running, killing it on a whole re redesigned platform now. Um, but I don't see, you know, I have, a, I have a, an app for my phone, you know, for Instagram, for photo and video content. I got Facebook where I might share news articles, you know, TikToks like dancing and quick shit. Do I really need an app just for cannabis content? Because, you know, we are, as cannabis consumers, we're a wide group of people and cannabis may bring us together, but I don't believe there's room for an app. I wouldn't use it where I just shared and talked about weed, you know? Yeah. So I feel like what you guys are doing is being able to place cannabis content where people, where everybody, well, depend not mainstream. everybody, but where you want people, right? Yeah. On mainstream places. But what's your, do you think that a cannabis only social media app could be successful? Uh, no, and it hasn't been. Mass Roots. Yeah. Oh, Mass, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mass Roots, uh, I mean, they had a lot of money. I remember being here five years ago and they had massive booths. They had 20 employees working there. They had a lot of money. I don't know what happened, uh, yeah. but, you know, they're, it just didn't take off, didn't stick. And I think that it's just people here, I guess here's the thing is, you already have, I don't know how many social apps right now. And if it's not, if, if your entire kind of like friends and family aren't on there and it's only your cannabis friends, and you're not going to get that much exposure and engagement. Like, yeah, we have a, you can have a big network, but you know, people aren't using it as much. Right. That's the problem. Like Instagram's so sticky and addicting and they have way more advanced like data scientists and everything that make it that way. And I don't know if you watched that documentary on social media, but I have not yet, but I, it's on, on Netflix. List. You yeah. should definitely check it out. But it's, it's everything that we already, I mean, I, I knew at least just living in Silicon Valley and growing up there, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's hard to Instagram. I don't know how many users it has, but it probably like over a billion. Yeah. And they have this sticky integration between, you know, Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, which everyone has too. And how are you going to compete with that on like with a cannabis app? Yeah. All right. So yeah, on that, you know, my, my Instagram page, you know, the for you shows so many different parts of my interest, yeah. you know, so many different things that make me, me, whether it's 5% of what I'm interested in, some shit I was in, you know, just for nostalgic from my youth, yeah. you know, to my, my new stuff. And I don't yeah. think any of those are strong enough to get me unless you're super passionate and what type of yeah. echo chamber, you know, would be an app that's just the super, super diehard one percenters. Yeah, and you touched on a great point is, like our identities aren't just one thing. We're not, I'm not just a cannabis person, right? And I, you know, you grew up in this area, you have your high school friends, you have your college friends, you have your business friends, you have your, you know, maybe nightlife friends, you have uh, your health friends, all these different things kind of mixing together. Like, and you're just going to segment out cannabis people just yeah. because, you know, you want to post cannabis content. I'm like, no, like it's, uh, it doesn't make sense. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing with everything going on with politics mm -hmm. and how they just try to use one race, like race is your main, that's, that's your identity. Like, no, it's not like it's, you're more than just, you know, I'm Mexican American, but I grew up in the Bay area. I grew up in, you know, have all these different 
parts of who I am. You know, for me, like you mentioned skateboarding, uh, music, I also love music, architecture, design, tech, uh, you know, health-related items, uh, uh, cooking, like all types of stuff, right? Yeah. Like you're not just, you can't pigeonhole yourself like that. And I, I think it's kind of uh, irresponsible to do it, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just not it's just not realistic, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. So, um, man, you know, I really, really appreciate the, the, the conversation, Guillermo. Is there anything else you want to plug about Media Gel or what you got going on? No, I mean, it's uh, Media Gel. You know, we are the marketing cloud for cannabis. We partnered with Smart, who is the second biggest advertising company after Google globally. Mm. So we have the ability to scale companies globally uh, with ease and uh, you know it's I'm just really excited about the next few years the evolution of cannabis and what on our side like the creativity what we'll be able to do you know we're we're uh, knocking down some doors trying to get cannabis into mainstream with all these publishers you know getting written approvals for us to do video ads and podcasts and like get exposure to people outside the cannabis space and really take this mainstream, right? So, I mean, half the state's already legal in some way or another. We, we know that dominoes are falling and, and uh, you know, it's, it's gonna be fun. And, you know, we're here to, to support brands and we, we're passionate about growing businesses. And, you know, if, if you're not successful, we're not successful. So, you know, we, we really take that to heart and prioritize kind of your, your business and, uh, you know, it's, we're just passionate about it, really. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much. It's Guillermo Bravo of Media Gel joining us at MJ Unpacked here in Las Vegas 2021. Thank you very much, man. Thanks, Mitch.